Welcome to the Interviews Podcast. Ciao, Interisti. It is your boy, Gianni. Uh, unfortunately, Alex won't be able to join us today. Uh, but I do have a special guest to highlight this Inter-Roma match. Uh, the boys did play, I mean, if so, another game where the, everything pretty seemed in control and pretty easy. But I decided to uh, to invite someone who's been on before, a good friend. He's also, you know, obviously always invited me on his, his show for Inter Worldwide. But it is Judge Mo Mo. How are you doing after this game, man? I'm happy, man. Hopeful, confident, and uh, actually very, uh, uh, you know, like hopeful with this result that we'll get the top four, to be honest. Like, uh, I've seen Inter away from home against this Roma team. Very in control, as you said. And there is something that is just, it gives me joy, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, looking at the way the boys perform, that's five wins in a row, four in Serie A, which is, you know, we were worried, obviously, going into the, the home stretch of the season, per se. Would we be able to hang on and finish in the top four for a little while? It didn't look like we, we were going to be able to do it. But this team is showing signs of life at just the right time. Uh, I couldn't be more excited with the result. I mean, yeah, it wasn't anything exciting. I wouldn't say it was anything that really wowed me. However... Felt like we were in total control, like we said, and I'm very happy, like uh, like, like with that performance. So, what do you think? You know, obviously we we, we see the result two nil, uh, but what stood out to you from this this game? What stood out to me today is uh, the uh, let's just say the composure from every player on the pitch. Uh, to be honest, like it looks like to me that the team was set up really well from the first minute. They weren't trouble. They weren't troubled when Roma were pressing and trying to disrupt the play. They were like, okay, we'll pick our moments and we'll 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 keep going with the plan. And I, I like this. I, I like no panic inter. Mm -hmm. This is which is something that we haven't seen this season a lot. Inter panic all the time. But today it was composure, it was stick to the plan. You know your qualities, stick to what you know, stick to what you do, and you're gonna get a goal. And at the end, that wing-back to wing-back, I know we're going to come into the goal thing, but the wing-back to wing-back is a trademark now that happens a lot. And uh, I like this move. And I, I like that even when we were pressed, I thought that we were comfortable as well. Mm -hmm. So that means we even were pressed in areas we were comfortable with. We wanted Roma to press us. We were okay with it. Was there anything when you looked at the the starting eleven going into the match that kind of surprised you? Was it pretty much what you expected when you saw it, or it was expected? The only thing is that I did not expect Korea to start the game. I expected maybe Lautaro or Jeko to start the game, or Lautaro for like fifty minutes or sixty minutes, and then you'll bring in Korea. I was surprised by that particular one. The only one mm -hmm. is is Korea. So so that's the only thing. But everything else was as predicted as expected. Uh, and it was it was a good lineup to be honest. Uh, other than Korea, which is we we gonna we gonna assess the players I know later. Everybody else was like doing their job. Even Dumfries was doing his job. Yeah, I mean, uh, pretty much the same. You know, thoughts with you. Like, I just was a little surprised that it was Korea. I thought that this game, being in the league and being that we are still fighting for top four, that he would want to play Lautaro and Lukaku together from the start. 
especially when we've seen the chemistry that they seem to be like rekindling from what you know from the time when Conte was there. So that's that's definitely been a positive thing. And uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, though, yeah, everyone else was as expected. They performed well. I love seeing this midfield trio together. I thought that they pretty much controlled the game, kind of negated uh, Roma's midfield for the most part, which I was very happy with. And um, yeah, everything felt in control. But uh, let's yeah, let's dive into the the first half. You know what what we saw, what we recognized from it. I mean, I I know for me in particular, like like we said, the control was a thing when they did decide to to bring on pressure. Um, nobody seemed to panic. Nobody seemed to to make those mis- mental errors that really lead to goals or lead to to clear cut opportunities for them. And outside of really that, I can remember one Pellegrini shot in the first half. I don't really think that they really did offer much pressure. Um, for us to really have to worry about or worry about even conceding a goal, what do you think? I never, I was never worried. Uh, I was never mm-hmm. worried that we we're gonna concede. Even the, as I said, so, so I'm gonna divide that that first half into three parts. To be honest, the first part is the first ten minutes where Roma had sixty percent of the position. They were pressing us in every area of the game, but still, I thought that Brozovic and Hakan Chalanoglu, along with Barella in the middle, they are absolutely. They're a machine together. They know exactly where to be and what to do. And I like this. I, I like this trio in the midfield. Um, and then after this, we had control of 60% after the first 10 minutes, which is, you know, like you you wave the storm, that, that the first trauma, the Olympico and everything. And then after this, you're in control. You start. We started creating chances. We, start, we started giving the ball to Lukaku, to his feet. And I like this as well. Uh, just for me, it was just about that, that final pass. And when it came, we scored. And then after that, I thought we were cruising that first half. We kind of, you know, there's the same football. You see the half out. We absolutely did this. That first half, it wasn't surprising that we scored. And it wasn't surprising that we were a little bit under pressure because it's Roma, it's the Olympico. So for me, that first half is absolutely how it sh- we should play against top mm-hmm. teams away from home. For you, I, I want to ask you a question about this: the two wing backs, especially DeMarco and uh, Dumfries, their positioning today was absolutely amazing defensively, but also offensively. Do you put this down to Inzaghi today, especially in that first half? They were closing every space on both sides, and going forward, they were energetic. They supported the forwards. Do you put that to Inzaghi, or now everything is clicking together, coach, players, and everything? Yeah, you know, in the beginning, I was actually a little disappointed with with Dumfries, mostly with his his final ball into the box. Again, you know, the, the same things that seemed to bother me. However, I do have to give him credit. He was, like you said, good going forward. Uh, he was able to be aggressive defensively, not make m- mistakes. Normally, you'll see him miss a tackle, and that opens up for a player to be able to drive down that that right wing side, or, or I guess left wing for the attacking team. But um, today, yeah, no mistakes from him. Di Marco was good too, as well. Very sound, you know, a good outlet on the left side for Bastoni to to get the ball out to him, and him able to drive the ball moving forward. I don't know. I mean, I don't. <laughs> I don't know if it's the players finally clicking or Inzaghi's finally got everything going. It, it could be a mixture of the both uh, because, you know, when when Dumfries is bad or DiMarco is bad, I don't know if I would put that all on on, on Inzaghi as well. Um, but when they're playing good, I don't want to say it was all Inzaghi either, you know. So it's 
I think it's a mixture of the players finally feeling comfortable. Things I feel when things are going well, it's easy to perform well. I feel like as well, you know, you're not overthinking things. You're able to be a little more relaxed when pressing forward and 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 delivering balls in the box. And when when you know, I don't know if you saw the photos of them at training. Everybody was smiling. Everybody was in good spirits. And I think that kind of is easy to translate onto the pitch as well when things are going well. So. I'll give half credit to to the players and half to Inzaghi, you know, being able to to implement his ideas and and get everybody to be playing confidently right now. Yeah, uh, one more thing I wanted to talk about that first half is that how we contained Bilotti, Pellegrini going forward. As you mentioned before, that one shot from Pellegrini. Apart from that, I can't remember them having a, a chance that is that is begging to score. Is that at Sherby, this guy is leading the defense as DeVray was leading that defense when Antonio Conte was our coach. And I have to give him credit as well that this guy at Sherby with experience, it doesn't look like he's doing much, but also he's doing a lot for the team. He's the one who's making Bastoni now looking like his best Bastoni from two years ago. Darmian making it easy as well, looking like he is composed. So it's at Sherby leading that the defense, and actually pointing every now and then to where the players should be. How do you see this 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 guy at Cherby leading the defense? And do you, do you think this is, again, was a good choice bringing this guy? Especially because this game, he was absolutely amazing in every aspect of the game. And I have to give him credit. I have to give Inzaghi because he wanted him credit. Because these are the games where you need players like a Cherby. Yeah, um, I think this was definitely a good defensive effort from him, especially given the mistake he made in the Lazio game where I was very, very disappointed in that. Um, but like you said, he was very in control, very composed. Um, and yeah, it almost seemed like he was a little bit more vocal as well in the back line, kind of directing Darmian and Bastoni in certain aspects, kind of make, making sure that everybody was in line and, and performing to the best of their abilities. And yeah, no mistakes, no errors. He was actually quick, too, to run down a few players, um, which I don't really consider him to have much blistering pace. But to be able to run down, I, I can't remember now if it was Bove or, yeah, or maybe it was Pellegrini. he was always in the right place, in the right position, anticipating Absolutely. correct. So he didn't have to make a, a sprint against a younger player than him. So he was already anticipating correct. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So so his read today was fantastic. And, and yeah, I mean... Hats off to him to to kind of recover uh, his form a little bit from... I mean, again, it was just one mistake. It's not like he was playing terrible that entire game. Uh, I mean, he had a few slip-ups, but again, that's, you know, no one's going to be perfect every game of the season, so I'm okay with that. And and a good recovery game for for him as well. I mean, and, and it can't be overlooked either, the, the performance of Darmian, you know, another one who I think was very good defensively, very good pushing the ball up forward himself as well. Another guy who is always in the right position, never seems to make mistakes. He never, he doesn't do anything amazing, but he also does everything just very well. Um, and that's some player. I mean, you could make the case whether it's a Cherby, whether it's Darmian, but he, one of them could be, you know, your defensive uh, player for the season because they've both been good for large portions of the season, if not the entire season. So. I think yeah, that that's. I like, I like um, these both like together playing. It's that. Yeah. It's it's that composure, the experience, the the winning mentality that they, they 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 seem like they know where the ball is going before it goes, and and I think that also 
you know, it's contagious on the pitch because you can tell that Bastoni now is going back to his best because he has these two players next to him that read the game well. So he's like very comfortable, doesn't have to overthink uh, things, yep. can go forward because he knows that he has two guys behind him that will cover him very well. This is this is amazing. New thing, I'm not going to say new thing. It's something that we have seen in the last game, which is the uh, change of position and the, uh, what is it called? The, the inter... Inter, interchange the interchanging be, between yep. Brozovic and Hakan Shalanoglu. It looks like now this is a trademark of these two. And it, you don't know, like you see Brozovic playing the number 10 and Hakan is the deepest guy in the midfield and vice versa in some other times. This helps us a lot because as I mentioned before, we talked about it earlier in the season on Inter Worldwide and on Spaces or me and you even outside of like uh, Spaces and stuff. It's the predictability. We were very predictable. Every team plays Inter. They know exactly what to expect and how to counter that. But now, how many times you see Brozovic playing behind Lukaku or Correa or Lautaro Martinez? It is something that we needed earlier in the season. It came in a, lot, in, in a good time now. Champions League semifinal. Now we need that run in the league. And I think it's happening at the right time now. Do you see that as something that it's changing completely our game? I see that. I see that it's changing our game. What, what do you think about that aspect of both players? Yeah, I mean, obviously we did not have Brozovic for a large portion of the season and we had to have Mkhitaryan step in and kind of move um, Hakan into the Hedegista role. But now having these three together... And a lot of people, I wasn't one of them, but they don't seem to like Hakan as a Metzala. I don't know why. I don't know if they feel that he's better as a deep-lying playmaker. I still think that he's a good playmaker no matter where you put him on the pitch. And the same thing could be said really for the entire midfield trio when, like you said, any one of them can interchange and, and, and play any position. I mean, would I prefer Badella to, to play Regista? Absolutely not. But he is able to in instances where if you do have you know Hakan overlapping or if you have... Uh, Brozovic overlapping, he could drop back or Hakan could drop back. Every one of them could be interchangeable and, and kind of cover for the other one, which I think is huge. Um, and to have them all now, like you said, playing together, being able to get this time uh, moving and rolling in the right direction and, and, and being able to perform well and, and have uh, results, that's massive for us. And going into the Champions League, that's going to be huge. I think it's going to be a big deciding factor on how we perform with Milan and if we're able to beat them is if you know these guys could be playing the way they have been uh you know I, I'll be honest Brozovic at some points was a little frustrated not this game but I mean like throughout the season even leading up to this like the Salernitana game sticks out to me with Brozovic where he wasn't uh, impactful at all but he's getting hot at the right moment and if you could have these guys playing like this to close out the season anything could be possible and I'm, I'm very happy with the the fact that all three of them uh, together seem to be performing well and it's like they're getting back to their best which is going to be dangerous really for for whoever we come up against yes yes for me let's highlight Lukaku today a lot of, like I was listening to the commentators here and they were like no he's not having the greatest touch and everything but I'm gonna keep saying this if we have Lukaku with the back with his back to the goal receiving balls it makes everybody panic on the other in the opposition did you did you think this is what we needed. This is what was missing from the beginning of the season. That big guy, speedy guy, holding out the defense and putting fear in them. 
oh, 100%. Like, this is what we were hoping we would be getting when he came back. I mean, I know, you know, a lot of us wanted Dybala to be on the team. And I still think that he would have been very good for... I would have loved to have had all three of them, personally. Um, but when we when we did decide, you know, as the club, I mean, decided to go with Lukaku instead of Dybala, we were hoping to get this version of Lukaku at the club. Because when he is doing this and able to hold up play and release, whether it's Correa, whether it's Lautaro... And then turn on the defender and be able to, you know, to attack full speed. He's he's a tank. He is tough to stop once he gets going. He is he is obviously a fantastic finisher when he's confident, um, which we saw, you know, with his one time finish from the pass from Lautaro, where he was just able to run on, didn't take a touch, just blasted it in. Um, you know, this is what we were hoping to get. And even with, you know, in the first half, we saw instances where he was able to to go running and, and hold it up and wait for Correa to come to him and he would lay it off to him. Um, I mean, look at even the way he was, that ball that Brozovic played to him, that he was able to bring down and play back to Brozovic. Uh, that was a fantastic play. And, you know, a lot of people criticize his touch and criticize his first touch in particular. But for him to be able to do that and, and kind of set it up, I mean, had that ball not been blocked, that might have been a goal for for Brozovic. We don't know, but I was very happy with his performance and and how influential he was. And and just, I mean, it, it's gonna be it, it's gonna be interesting to see what what kind of lineup Inzaghi brings to the Champions League because with the way Lukaku has been playing and scoring um, and even assisting, you know, that's that's massive for us. So I'm 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 very happy with the way he played and. Well, the entire game, but yeah, sp- talking about the first half, he he was very good himself. So yeah, let's talk about the, the, the everything is positive in this game. To go away at the Olympico and win two 0 and never look troubled is absolutely mm-hmm. something that I've been missing as an Interista for a while, for a while now. But let's talk yeah. about one thing. To be honest, which is I didn't like. It was driving me crazy. Again, Joaquin Correa, this guy is. Every time he starts a game, he drives me crazy. Why do you not have any passion to the game? Why do you not have any aggression? He's receiving the ball. It's between his legs and someone pokes it. And now Roma gets the ball again. I didn't like him in that first half. I thought he could have been subbed much earlier. But he is lucky that we scored, to be honest. (laughs) I thought he's lucky that we scored in the first half. He wasn't great. And he was disrupting our rhythm. And he was popping in the wrong places all the time. He was losing the ball. He wasn't getting involved in the game. And every time he got involved, he lost the ball. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Can you be a normal person? Can you be a normal (laughs) player, please? Yeah, there was a few times where um, Gianluca Mancini was able to easily, you know, take the ball off him, able to poke him. He gives a little shove in the back and, and Correa just lets it, you know, just gives up on it and, I, yeah, I don't get um, why he started. I, I don't know if, you know, Inzaghi wants to rest uh, Lautaro leading up to the Champions League game. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I would, I want to see, you know, Lula start from the, the beginning, but hopefully that'll be the case in the Champions League. But yeah, seeing Correa out there, another game, another lackluster performance. Didn't really offer much going forward. I mean, you know, Lukaku kind of did all the heavy lifting and tried to set him up and give him chances, and he just was never able to take advantage of that, which, I mean, it's kind of expected with him. I, I don't, when he starts, I don't expect a goal. I don't expect anything of a moment of brilliance or anything. Like, even the goal he scored against Benfica, I didn't expect him to put that in or, 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 or have any impact in it. I mean, fortunately, it did, whatever, but 
he didn't, you know, just doesn't doesn't offer anything. I think that, you know, like I said, Inzaki just plays him out of this. Is, these are my strikers. I have to get him on the field and give some other guys a break. And after, you know, the the Hellas game, you know, I guess he felt that Lautaro and, and Jekyll deserved it since they each scored a brace. But yeah, this guy, I'm hoping that after this season that this experiment or whatever you want to call it is done and we're able to bring someone in, whether it's uh, Aretegui or Skamaka, whoever. Um, Not Skamaka. And, well, that's for another oh, day. I know. I know you're a big fan. That's another day. All right, Premier fine. League. I watch Premier League. But do you I think, think that, that he's a... He's not. Listen, I well, you know, we can we, we can we can talk about this on another, on another day, like you said. But I I do have some questions about Skamaka for you, and I'm just curious to to see what you think. But let's go. Let's talk about the goal in the you know in the first half. What what led up to it? We had you know Dumfries uh, released on the right wing. He was able to to run onto the ball. I don't remember the last time I've seen him run with pace with the ball at his feet, but he was able to do that and and delivered a a good cross to. To Di Marco on the on the back post there, and Di Marco was able to to put it in the net. Which, to be honest, I I don't re- recall, and maybe you maybe you do, or you can correct me if I'm wrong. But normally that's a run that we would see Gozins do. I don't remember Di Marco being the guy who would run in on the back post and try to get in like that, and be able to to you know to get in and, and finish. But Di Marco has been such a good player for us. I think for for most of the season, he's actually one of two. Um, and you know Thomas from from Inter Extra actually shared this, but he's one of two uh, wingbacks who has six goals and six assists in all you know of the top European leagues. Which I I kind of was surprised by that that nobody else, when we think of like so many good wing, whether it's you know you you could you know, say Hakimi Cancelo, guys like um, um, you know Mendy or or whomever else you know to have none of them be able to put up these type of numbers and it's Di Marco and, and actually uh, Frimpong in, in the Bundesliga are the only two guys to do it. I was kind of kind of surprised by that, but he always seems to score timely goals with us. He likes to score against Roma for whatever reason and I don't know, I would like to hear you know, what you thought of the goal. So, so, so that goal was something that I, we have seen many times with a wing back when you bypass the press and you play a wing back on the run. That happened in the second half as well. In that that thing depends on how the wing back, which is at this time is Dumfries, picking the right path, the right cross, having the right connection. By the way, that happens a lot in our games where DeMarco gets released on the left or Dumfries gets released on the right. The problem is our final product is not actually very good in terms of that final pass. But when it happens, it looks fantastic like what we've seen today. Dumfries actually had two chances before that to pick the right cross. And he didn't do them. But that time, because he picked the right cross, and I think it's all about the confidence, because I saw Lukaku and Barella yelling at him after that first, uh, the, the second one that he missed. Now he went on and played that whipping cross across the goal. and the, it, Because it, it missed Lukaku and it went to DeMarco. That means this is something that's coming from the training ground. It's not something uh, coming from on top of their heads. It's something that they practice. So I think this goal has been absolutely something in the in the books, something that they cooked in the background. It's all about the quality to deliver that final cross. That run, as you said, the Gosens run, I saw DeMarco making this run many, many times before. I think he scored another goal this year that looks exactly like this. I can't remember against two, but I see this happening a lot. My problem with this is that when it happens the other way, Dumfries is not there. 
My problem isn't DeMarco. My problem is Dumfries, which I'm not criticizing him. But when Dumfries got, when DeMarco got released in the second half, Dumfries wasn't there. It was only Lukaku and Lautaro. And we remember that when you're a wing back, you need to be high on the pitch. Like Hakimi used to be, Perisic used to be, and even DeMarco used to be. Darmian is always at the right place when you play that cross, when he plays a wing back. That's the problem. DeMarco, when he goes up, he doesn't have Dumfries to play to. It's only the forwards. But that goal is fantastic. It is something that always happens when you have two wing backs, when you play three in the back. On the counter, you release the wing backs, and that's what happens. I like it. It is working because in this game, we did it like four times. We scored one of it. We should have scored another one because I thought that DeMarco could have picked a better pass to Lautaro or Lukaku yeah. uh, when he was released. But again, Dumfries, it looks like when we give this guy confidence, sometimes he picks the right passes because he has four assists in Serie A this season. Not enough, but it's okay. It's a, it's a good output for the quality that we have, to be honest, because he's not the greatest quality on the ball. But it is something that we have to accept that this is the quality that we have now. We just ride out the season and see where we go from there. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I mean... Uh... What I noticed with Dumfries is, like you said, it is a confidence thing, but I also noticed that when he is given space and he doesn't have someone pressing him or he doesn't have to think about dribbling past someone or having to beat someone with the cross is when he's actually able to deliver his best crosses. When he has, you know, allows whatever the center back or the left back time to press him or approach is when he always typically hits the man standing directly in front of him. I don't know if that's by design. I don't know if that's intentional. If he is just saying, I'll, I'll take the corner over losing the you know possession or something. Um, that's something I would hope that, you know, he is working on in training or, or in drills where he's able to just beat that guy, get it over him, get it around him, whatever it may be. I, w- I would hope that he would be able to, to deliver better crosses and, and, and kind of find the, you know, our own players, which, it's something I haven't seen for most parts. I was actually surprised to hear that he has four assists. I mean, that's great, I guess, because given the output, I, I'm. It's hard to imagine him having four assists, but I'll I'll, I'll take that. And I like I like you said, I don't, I don't think he is interquality. But if we can get um, anything good out of him in the meantime, that is that is going to be helpful, of course, going forward. So that's pretty much all that happened in the first half. You know, we you know, there was a little. I was surprised even to have four minutes of additional time, but we went into the half with a one nothing lead. Uh, come out into the second half, and it, we we come out a little slow, I would say. You know, initially it felt like we were allowing Roma to to kind of grow into the game, giving them opportunities, you know, absorbing the pressure, but not really doing anything going out. And I will say I was very happy with Inzaghi. You know, going into that moment, he he decides to be proactive and make substitutions in the 60th minute. You know, he takes Dumfries and Correa off. Who, um, well, Dumfries was obviously had the assist, so that was good. And but Correa was not really pro- offering much going forward. And he brings on a guy that I've wanted to see more playing time from in Raúl Belanova and Lautaro Martinez. Um, what did you think leading up to those substitutions? Did you kind of feel the same way, or do, or do you think that you know maybe we played a little bit better? And I'm just being a little harsh. Um, no, I was just thinking one thing, Gianni. I was thinking, well, we made a substitution in the 60th minute, not the 70th. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> thank you so much, Inzaghi, for doing this. I I thought the substitutions were very smart, actually. Like Raúl Benzema yeah, offered a lot. 
he he put some fear in them uh, going forward. He he put Spinazzola on a yellow card right away, which put the guy on pressure. Um, he actually was very sound defensively. He didn't allow crosses from his side, which is I was surprised that this happened. And Lautaro Martinez was doing his bits. Like Lautaro Martinez was doing Lautaro Martinez. Yes, missing passes here and there. But when it came the, 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 the clutch time, he put the pass on a platter to Lukaku to score the second goal. And also he hit the post, which is something technically I, I was, it was amazing, to be honest. This should have been a goal for me to, to celebrate it. But that was it. And also the pass, the, the, the substitutions after this, Henrik Mkhitaryan to Hakan Shalanoglu, which is, I don't think Henrik Mkhitaryan was, I don't know if it's a fitness thing, but he wasn't like in the game completely. I, I thought he was kind of like a step behind. And uh, DeMarco Devray, that was a strange substitution for me, but I was looking at our bench and I'm like, yeah, maybe Darmian going to the left side was okay because we're asking him only to defend, not to go forward. But I thought the substitutions were very smart. DeVray, uh, he he deserves some minutes, especially on that side next to Acherby. And Raul Villanova has been good every time he played now lately after that Champions League game that he got like booed at. Um, and Lautaro for, for Korea was a good substitution because that, that, that the result of it is a second goal. <laughs> Yeah, as soon as he they came on, I felt like the we were able to get momentum back uh, from Roma and were able to be on the front foot, which is obviously huge. Um, Bellanova is a guy. I mean, I'm I'm such a big fan. His pace is so such a weapon, and I feel like we don't utilize it enough for a league that is so slow and so tactical. If you're able to bring on someone, I mean, just look at look at what what Milan's able to do with Theo. I don't like him. Uh, I know Interisti don't like him, but his pace is a He's weapon. He's the best and they... back in the world. He is. He is. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Without a question, there is nobody better than this guy in the world. Like, like the pace, the strength, the scoring, that's what you get when you play someone like with pace. And you get, I think if we, I'm not going to judge, I'm not going to say Belanova is a Steve Hernandez. Steve Hernandez wasn't the same guy when he joined Milan. This is this is he kept improving, but can Villanova reach that level? Because he has the touch is there, the speed is there. So all he needs is game time and and practice and stuff. But we don't use him. Yeah, I mean that that's my problem. Especially like having watched him at Cagliari last year, seeing how he gave Theo fits, I, I was just surprised that he hasn't been utilized more. I can understand him being, you know, a young player, and maybe you don't want to to put him at risk in, of being exposed too much, and maybe being, um, you know, shown that you know some weaknesses in his game. But however, how are you going to learn? How are you going to grow if you don't give these these young players an opportunity to to flourish for the team? And and we see that the more he plays, the more confidence he has going forward. The more confidence he has with his dribbling, his passing, his even his reactions and his quick thinking. I mean. He didn't do anything, obviously, that was phenomenal today by any means. But I thought that he was going going forward. There was a time where he did, you know, beat his man on the on the right side, and he cut back and he looked uh, around for for who was available to him. Uh, sometimes he might be a little too fast for the rest of the team to catch up, but he was able to find, um, I believe it was Mikitarian or, or Brozovic up there, and, and kind of like continue to control possession. And yeah, I hope. 
obviously I don't think that he'll be put in a situation to, you know, maybe start um, against Milan in the Champions League, but I do hope that he could find some minutes in that, that those ties, because I think that his speed could be a weapon late in games where maybe Theo's a little tired or, or whatnot, and we may catch them, you know, sleeping. He can Hernandez, although he is, yes, like the best left back in the world, um, he has sometimes where, you know, there'll be mental lapses in his game where you are able to beat him and, and kind of catch him, um, you know, sneak in behind him and be able to to drive the ball forward and, and assist or score yourself, whatever. But we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm the, like expecting we said, him to start Saturday against a solo. If, if, if Dumfries is going to play against Milan. And remember, the games are Wednesday, Saturday, and Tuesday. We yeah. don't have a lot in between. It's not that you play Tuesday, Saturday, and then Wednesday like the like Real Madrid. So I'm expecting Villanova to start Saturday. To be honest, there is no other way around. I it. hope so. Yeah, I hope that he is the guy that starts and and maybe if um, you know, right now I think we well we're a if I'm not mistaken we're a point behind Lazio right now we for are. second. So I mean, we we're breathing down there next. Uh, if we're able to. To do well in the, obviously in the semifinal, the first leg, which I love that we're the away side, and then go into that Saturday game with Sassuolo and have another, you know, ro big rotation of the squad. Like that might be a game where I'm like, you know what, start Correa and Jeco against them, and 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 kind of, not that you throw that game away, but like if if control it for I'd say the first 40, 60 minutes, and then you know, or first half and sixty minutes, I should say, and then you're able to bring on your big guns if it's still like a nil nil or one one type game. Um, although we all know that, you know, Consigli seems to play like prime Buffon whenever he plays against Inter. But I would want to see some of the young guys, you know, Leda Carboni maybe start or, um, you know, Bellanova, Aslani. Those are the guys that I would want to see that game. And then you're able to focus, you know, your 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 efforts on the Champions League. Not that, not that the game against Sassuolo isn't important. Of course, we want to maintain the momentum that we have in the league. But I would love to see, yeah, big rotations uh, for that one. Yeah, we need to win that game because after this we play Napoli. I think they're going to put a second fiddle team. But we need to win Sassolo to make sure that we are there to for that Champions League spot, to be honest. Because Milan, they have Spezia away, they have Sampdoria, and then they have Juventus. And so that game, if we win the Sassolo game, I think Milan playing Juventus is a big deal for us because that will mm -hmm. put us ahead of one of them. Uh, so that's very important. And I think if I'm not mistaken, we are ahead of Juventus in the head-to-head -head or something. I'm not sure. but uh, I, f I think we've split. We split. So, But we are in the same points as Juventus. They play Atalanta tomorrow. We are superior in the goal, in the goal differential, which is a second factor in Serie A. So I think if they lose tomorrow to Atalanta, who are not outside of the race, just for, for, to put that out there, Atalanta are on 58 points. And they can be on 61 points if they win against Juventus. Two points behind us and Juventus as well. And we play, remember that we play Atalanta at the end of the season. And I yeah, think we'll the second, Atalanta uh, the second at home, the second to last. Uh, we play them at home, yes. At yeah. home. And that would be about a week before the, a week and a half before the Champions League final, something like two weeks before the Champions League final, if we reach the final. At that point, uh, let's look at a little bit of the Champions League, if you don't mind, the Champions League game. And yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's go ahead. I mean, um, Rafael Leao is injured. I don't know the extent of his injury. Yeah, I, I, I saw. I did see that. I don't know. I feel like it. It. it they. The reason they were. 
I don't know if it's that serious. I think they took him up as a precaution to be careful and to, you know, obviously they're going to need him for the Champions League uh, semis. So, well, I mean, we'll see. Hopefully we hear something, you know, later today uh, about his status. Um, but that'll be definitely be interesting to see what happens. That is, to me, their biggest weapon going forward. Although the last time we played them, he wasn't really that impactful. We were able to kind of negate him. Um, and if he's missing from this game, that could be obviously massive for us. That's something where I would hope that we come out, you know, guns blazing and maybe take a 2-0 lead or something um, into the second leg. That would be my dream scenario uh, with this this first one. But what do you think? I mean, yeah, let's talk about that. Like, what do you think we're going to line up as? Do you think that some players are going to be rotated in? Do you think we're going to go, you know, with our strongest 11? What do you, what do you foresee? I think we're going to see exactly the same lineup as today. Apart from really? Korea and Lukaku, okay. we're gonna start Jacko and Lautaro, but every mm-hmm. everybody else is gonna start as we saw today. Uh, Cherby, Darmian, Bastoni, Dumfries, of course, the three, the trio in the midfield, and DiMarco. Uh, now I'm a little bit hesitant. I would want Lukaku to start with Lautaro, but he played 90 minutes today, mm-hmm. and it looked like it's very obvious in Zagi's intention that he played Lukaku 90 minutes, he's telling him, bro, you're not starting on Wednesday. <laughs> but <laughs> he can be coming. He can be okay coming off the bench. But um, I really want Lukaku to start, but I also fear for his fitness. Sure. I'm okay with Lautaro and Jekyll. I'm not a big fan of Jekyll, uh, especially that this Jekyll. I know people talk about his goal and score, the goals he scored and all this stuff. But for me, he's not. He doesn't put that fear in the opposition's defense, which is a big problem, Uh, especially when he plays with Lautaro. I don't think they have this connection at all. We saw in a game or something, which is the Verona game, but otherwise each each one plays in a different game completely. But that's what's going to happen. The battle that I'm worried about is actually in the midfield. Sandro Tonali in the midfield against Barella. That battle can get very emotional. (laughs) between the two. And Barella is an emotional player. Tonali gets under his skin. Now Barella gets out of the game. I'm afraid of this. It is it is very important for me that Barella... I think Barella is the key to win this game, in my opinion. If he performs, we can win the game easily because he's the engine for me. For Brozovic and Hakan, yes, they move the ball around, but Barella, for me, he is the big game player for me to be honest yeah i would have to i mean i I would say yeah i think that he is the big game player for sure for us he's a player that can cause fits for the opposition he can score bangers he can create fantastic assists he could find space and and be able to you know allow the rest of the midfield to have a bit of an easier day because he does a lot of the the engine work for for them um i don't know if i if tonali really really scares me i feel like maybe maybe this is just like a false sense of of security or or i'm a little too not arrogant is the word but like a little too i guess comfortable with with how i feel we were able to to negate tonali i feel like the last few times we've we've kind of kept him it's almost like they've been playing a man down with him on the pitch because we negate him very well and i i still go back to the the instance of the supercopa where you know he allowed jeko to to turn him inside out and score a gorgeous goal, which was until the game against Hellas, his his last goal 
for Inter was, and that was all the way back in January. So, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting tie for sure. I think I agree with you though with the starting eleven. I think it's going to be Jeco and and Lautaro, and we'll probably see Lukaku come on. Hopefully, you know, around the 60th minute too, if it, if he if he needs to be used. Um, one thing that does worry me is not having Gosens. Um, he'll be missing this game as well. They say this might be the last game that he misses. Hopefully, they say. Um, you know, they they predicted that he obviously would miss the Verona game, the the Roma game, and now the Milan game. And he should be back for Sassuolo, um, which I think would be good because we we see Di Marco doesn't have ninety minutes in his legs that he can only play. I don't know for, why, Gianni. It's very strange. It's a professional footballer that cannot uh, play yeah. 90 minutes. It's astonishing. I've never seen DeMarco play 90 minutes lately. I, I don't know. How is that not addressed from the fitness team at Inter? It's a top club. We should be able to have each player at least play 90 minutes once in a while. He doesn't. Like today, uh, we're looking at a guy. He's 25 years old, DeMarco. We're looking at uh, Darmian and Acherby playing 90 minutes, but he doesn't. How is that even possible? It's astonishing. I know it do, it doesn't make sense to me either. But like <laughs> I, I can't remember the I can't remember the last time he's actually played ninety minutes. Like I can't think of a game this season that he's played the full ninety. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous to be honest. It's absolutely. I'm I'm looking it up. You know, what? for the people that are listening, I'm looking this up because how are you gonna call yourself a top player in a top team? And you don't play ninety minutes ever. Like, come on, just give me a break. This. This is Inter <laughs> Milan. Uh, no, seriously, this is Inter. It's not. It's, it's not a small team. Like I'm sorry, there should be a fitness, the fitness people behind him, and and I don't get it. Uh, like, come on, just give me a break. Let me see. I'm looking at Serie A, and I'm looking at how many times he played ninety minutes. Just to let you know that in Serie A, he hasn't played ninety minutes since the first game of the season against Lecce. Wow. No, I would no, not, no, no. Wow. He played 90 oh. minutes against Lazio. So two games in a season. He only... La- Lazio, missed... Lazio in the beginning, the first game, the first time we played Lazio. No, no, no. He played... No, Lecce. No, I, th- I thought he played... No, against Lazio 3-1, he played, ni- uh, he played 90 minutes. He wasn't subbed out. Did he? Yeah, it, it, this is stats. Oh, <laughs> you're right. You're right. Because Gozins, Gozins came on for Bastoni and they for dropped Bastoni. Di Marco back. Yes, so, yes. Okay, so you're right. So a guy that plays wow. for Inter played... Two ma- and, and, and just to let you know, he missed four games only this season, which, sorry, three games. And he was on the bench for the Monza game when we didn't need him. Uh, but, no, we lost that game. And he missed only three games in the season, which is astonishing. Great injury record, right? Oh, no, he played, four, he played 90 minutes against Sampdoria. So three games out of 30 games, you play only 90 minutes. That's unacceptable. Unacceptable. That's absolutely unacceptable for me, to be honest. Uh, very strange. Very, very strange that he cannot play 90 minutes. But anyway, it's Inzaghi. It's his choices. Or maybe the guy's fitness is not the greatest. But he's a good player. I think he's moving forward. I think he's a good player that we should stick with him. I like him. Oh, absolutely. He's not someone I think that we should get rid of. Um, I feel like he is a very good rotational player, very good squad depth player. And I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I romanticize this club, which maybe is a mistake, but I love people who are true fans of the club and they want to be here and they love Inter. 
you cannot buy that kind of loyalty. That's not, you know, that's not something that can be manufactured in a lab. That's something that you're, you're born into it and, and you grow up with it. And, and if you care about the black and blue, then you're going to show it on the field. And I feel like that's one thing you can never question about the Marco is his, is his passion for the club. And he always wants to, to perform um, for them. So I do appreciate that at the very least with him. He's, he's one of my favorite players personally, even if we can't get, you know, 90 minutes out of him, but I just think that he is such a good, uh, example of what it is to to play for Inter in the sense of of how how passionate he is for the club which sure. I think uh, the last thing we talk about is that do you think this game puts Roma out of the top 4 race completely out so, of the top 4 race so right now they're what 5 points out if i'm not yes, mistaken they are 5 points out 5 um, point let's see i don't with even four know games left i don't think this is there's a recovery there uh, you cannot recover four they are 5 with their 58 points roma we are 63, so this is five points. And also, they are way behind in goal in the goal differential. So, it's basically a six-point gap. I don't think they can recover in that time. I think Roma's out of the race at this point. If Atalanta lose tomorrow to Juventus, I think they're going to be out of the race. I'm expecting Atalanta to win against Juventus tomorrow and make it a five-team uh, uh, race, to be honest. But... I think Roma's done now. I think the Europa League is their hope to 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 make it if they make the final. Um, I'm sure because we know that Juventus might get this this the sanctions, but Roma should focus on the Europa League. It's a great chance for them to I win so the second year European trophy. I think playing by Leverkusen is not the toughest game for them. I think they have the capacity and the quality to win that game. I'm happy for Jose Mourinho. Uh, the problem is Serie A is very tough this year. And and it's not a good look to be seventh, but we got to remember that there is like six teams that are within five points. So it is. it, it, it doesn't reflect actually that when you're seventh in Serie A this year, it doesn't reflect that you're bad, that you're the seventh bad team. But that that's that's what I wanted to say, that Roma, are I think they're out of the race. I, I would have to say I think so too. Um they have games left with Bologna, Serenitana, Fiorentina, and Spezia. Um, that's gonna be that's gonna be tough for sure. Um, yeah, um, Bologna is no easy team. Fiorentina, although I don't really rate them too highly, they're not easy themselves. Um, so yeah, it's. I think it, I think like you said, they should probably focus on 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 the Leverkusen tie in the semifinals and and just try to win the Europa League to get into the Champions League because that's probably gonna be their only way. In if, unless something massive happens or or something you know you know yeah. totally just yeah goes their way so so we'll um we'll go see ahead. how it is we'll see but okay it's a good 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 game to be honest I expected a much tougher game but the boys <laughs> made it easy bro made it so easy the boys did I'm very happy with the another victory you know now one point out of second um. I said a while back that I expected us to finish second in the league, and let's let's hope that we're able to to finish yes. strong and 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 get that. So, um, is there anything else you want to say before we hop here? I think this was a we pretty much covered everything else, right? No, nothing to say. Only I'm gonna be doing a watch along on Inter Worldwide for the Inter Milan game. Awesome. And uh, if you're listening to this, just hop into Inter Worldwide, watch me scream and yell for ninety minutes. <laughs> and thanks for yes, having definitely. me absolutely fantastic podcast. no man thank you for coming in and filling in for alex um i hope he's uh he's having a good day himself and 
look forward obviously to the watch along i'll be sure to to hop in and and kind of you know leave some some comments for you and uh yeah, this was uh, this was good. Two 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 nil win over Roma. Easy again. Forinter, fantastic. And uh, I'm gonna steal Alex's exit, but in the words of the great Roberto Scarpini, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi.